Hell yeah. Hell yeah. to the yeah. We are back here once again. Uh, no, we're not. Cinema no, Discovery not. Project. I know I'm here. I don't no, know where not. you are. There has never been a cinema. This is never. This is. We're not here. We're not here right now. We're. I've been drinking, guys. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit. I was trying to use some uh, the old school remedies uh, for sickness, which is alcohol. Yes. Uh, a little bit of. Uh, I had a little bit of uh, an old fashioned, uh, which is good. Um, Apro- apropos for the movie we're about to oh, spotlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rather old fashioned and both in the years it came out and the content that it is covering. Um, we are joined once again by both of us here, me being Andrew Cabral, <laughs> we, we, we Stephen, are. Being, Stephen, uh, Stephen being a little under the weather, you know, this time of yeah, year. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was a little bit under the weather also last week, but I didn't show it as well this week. For some, I don't feel bad, but I'm just a little bit more congested this week. Yeah. I don't know why. He has a but, deep, dark, sultry voice. Like a, Yeah, it fits like the subject singer. matter for this episode. It does. <laughs> it's a dark and serious serious matter we're about to dive into um this is our second our third spotlight third spotlight yes and this we are covering the mo- probably the most famous film we've talked about so far and that is Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List which is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year of 2018 it's kind of crazy that 1993 was 25 years ago uh for those of you who are you know, lived at that time. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, God, we were, I, we kind of mentioned this in the last episode, how like things that we grew up with are now considered classic. And yeah. this is definitely one of them. Uh, I, I would say become an all time classic film. I mean, for Spielberg, uh, it, it was a, it was a monumental achievement, it, you know, right. not only for, um, you know, you know, accolade, accolades and stuff like that. But for him personally, you know, this was a, a tough movie for him, him being Jewish himself. Right. Um, you know, this was a very personal project for him. And we'll get into all of that. There's a lot, a lot of things to delve into before we, we hit the plot. Oh, but as boy. usual, of course, with our spotlights, we are going to spoil the film. And of course, being that this is a fact-based movie, there's ways of knowing this already, but yeah. You know, Th- some people something... might not know the story of Schindler's List. And right. just so and, everybody knows that this it, will be spoiling this movie. And it's so. very interesting that you say that because when Spielberg first heard about Oscar Schindler and the story, he was like, is is that actually real? You know, is it is that was that a real story or is it folklore? Or is it something Yeah, he like kind of jokingly said, is this re- like really like is this real? Like, and yeah. it really goes to show like information that we have access to now is so easy and so obvious and so you know uh just natural to us to get the information but you know back then a lot of it is through you know different other mediums you know through books and news and all that kind of stuff because the just getting into a little bit of the pre-production before we delve into the actual plot because i guess kind of apropos to talk about the lead up to the making of the movie you know this movie is based on a book that's called Schindler's Ark, which I believe came out in 1980 or so. It was 82. It was 82? Okay. 80, 82, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like 82. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, the movie's called Schindler's List. The book was called Schindler's Ark, and it's an adaptation of that book. But before that, one of the survivors of the Holocaust, one of the, 
the Schindler Juden or the Schindler Jews, as they were referred to, or probably are still referred to, uh, Pfefferberg, who is one of the the many, many characters we have in this movie, um, he was one who was really championing a film version of this story, and he was really championing the story in general and wanted to get it out there and wanted to, you know, educate people about this and stuff like that. Because, uh, like I said, the stories like this and the details of that story specifically can get lost. You know, yeah. people, uh, you know, forget certain things or information changes because people pass away and you don't have firsthand accounts and all that kind of stuff. But apparently he had a deal with like uh, someone back in the 60s to make a a movie version of of the story of Oscar Schindler. And apparently it fell through and it never happened. So it wasn't until around 1983 where I believe... Um, Spielberg uh, talked with the Fe- with Pfefferberg, and Steven Spielberg said, "You know, first that was when he was, you know, made aware of the story, and he's like, is this real and whatnot? And of course, it is real. We know, you know, through historical fact and things like that. But he said, you know, I'll make the movie in ten years. He didn't feel like he was as mature enough or as experienced enough as a filmmaker to tackle this story of this magnitude." Yeah, he and, knew he, he knew he wanted to make the movie. He just didn't think he was mature enough yet, and so he went ahead and bought the rights to the to the yeah, story. Yeah, so, her, yeah, he had like he had Universal buy the rights to the book or something like that because he and Universal yeah. were you know partners at the time. He still works for Universal and stuff like that. But um, even leading even the years leading up to when he would make the movie, um, there were other people who got involved with possibly directing that uh, Spielberg chose Martin Scorsese was one of them. Roman Polanski was another one. And we all know that Roman Polanski went on to make his own film about the Holocaust. The Pianist. The Pianist, which is yeah. really, really good film. Despite yeah, what you may think of Polanski. And yeah, the it was as that a- Adrian Brody. Yes, Adrian Brody yeah. won an Oscar yeah. for that movie. Uh, I think Polanski won Best Director as well. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm yeah. pretty sure many, many of our listeners are familiar with Roman Polanski and all of that stuff. So we don't need to really go over any of that. But... Uh, uh, that one of the other interesting one was uh, Billy Wilder was interesting yeah. for a little bit, yeah, because a lot of his family were actually killed in the Holocaust. Yeah, and I think we covered a little bit. I may have hinted about that in a previous episode where Billy Wilder, you know, emigrated from that area of Europe, uh, Austria, Hungary. I believe he from he was from that area, and a lot of his family was left behind. And a lot yeah. of his family died in the Holocaust. Roman Polanski's mother, I believe, died in the Holocaust yeah, as yeah. well. So that wasn't, and he was in the coincidentally, I believe, the, the same camp that this film um, depicts, uh, which is w- w- the Krakow camp in, in Poland. Um, that, and that's predominantly where the film takes place is in Poland and then later on in Czechoslovakia. Um, uh, interesting when we talk about um, this, uh, the filming of this movie. Uh, we uh, Stephen and I are quick to note that both this film and Jurassic Park came yeah. out in the same oh, yeah. year. Basically, um, Universal he, he was told like, Steven Spielberg, make make Jurassic Park first, yeah. and then you can make Schindler's List. Yeah, he was he well he he knew himself that because uh, if you if you if if you get the new 4K uh, that was just released, it, there's like a new like. Uh, uh, footage from like they they showed the film at tribeca and uh there's an interview with the cast and and spielberg and spielberg said he's like i knew if i didn't make jurassic park first i couldn't make schindler's list because 
I would I, I wouldn't be able to focus on it. Like he was having a he was having a hard enough time working on Jurassic Park in post. Like he he said he was almost kind of angry that he had to work on Jurassic Park at the same time as trying to focus on Schindler's List because right. he was getting sent like you know visuals from all the all the CG work that was getting done and you know he it, so yeah that, it, it's always just amazing to just think that he. He, he was able to pull off that. I mean, it was, yeah. And, I mean, there's a famous story where Robin Williams would call him up while he was working on Schindler's List and tell him jokes and stuff yeah, to, yeah. to keep his spirits up because, you know, it's very harsh and serious story. Um, what is interesting about the film as well is I believe it was shot in uh, 72 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 72 days. And, and they purposely, yeah, 22 million and... Uh, they, they, you know, purposely decided to shoot a lot of this film, uh, kind of without storyboards because, and do it more documentary style. They, they thought that, and, and then of course shooting it in black and white, it gave the film a more timeless, uh, feel. Um, right. and, 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 you know, he, he actually says that he feels like there's no other way to shoot a film about the Holocaust other than in black and white. And I, and I, and I think I can agree with him there. Yeah, he also took a lot of inspiration from the documentary Shoah, yeah. which is a multi-hour documentary about the Holocaust, which is available on DVD and Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection. Yeah. And it's it's got to be quite a thing to watch. I haven't watched it personally uh, because it's it's something that is very interesting. I have watched uh, Night in Fog, which is a shorter, shorter documentary um, that is done by, I believe... Ale Rene, who who did last year at Marion Bod and films like that, and he did also you know Hiroshima Mona Moore, um, and it's a you know it's a very short like half an hour documentary, but they show the Auschwitz, they show the camps and things like that, and there's been you know multiple documentaries, films uh, and you know fiction and feature films done about the Holocaust and stuff like that, but Schindler's List is one that I would say stands above the rest uh, for me personally. It's a film that is, I, I don't call it so much as a film as it is an experience. Yeah. You know, when I was rewatching it last night, you know, I, I told people it's not so much a rewatch or a watching. It's it's an experience because it's something that I think transcends uh, films and filmmaking and movies in general because of the because of the story and the way it's told. And we also have to point out, you know, who who stars in the movie. You know, we have some, you know, big time actors who weren't so well known at the time. Liam Neeson, which everybody seems to know now, plays Oscar Schindler. Uh, ben Kingsley, who had already won an Oscar for playing Gandhi, Gandhi. Yeah. back in the early 80s, 1982, I think. Uh, Ray Fiennes, who, of course, would go on to play like, you know, Voldemort. Voldemort, and, yeah. And the English Patient, which is a film I really love, um, and and the and this film was you know monstrously successful. But we'll get into all of that later. But I think we should you know dive into the movie now. It is a long movie; it's three hours and fifteen minutes runtime, oh, and yeah. and that is and that may be a little jaunting to some people, a little you know too uh, too much of a time commitment. But honestly, when you're in it, you're really in it. You well, feel yeah, really immersed in the story. At least for me. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I the thing is, is you know, we know there's a lot of distractions nowadays. We and we we fight with them ourselves, even though we're very committed film people. You know, we watch everything, and 
but we 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 fight with the same problems cell phones and specifically cell phones and uh yeah you just gotta you gotta car you gotta commit to it you gotta carve out the time and be like look i really want to i want to check this out i want to put my phone in the other room and and you'll get lost in the movie trust me because the the visuals alone will will keep your attention yeah there's something captivating about this movie just shockingly captivating i mean it, it was as horrible as what's going on in the movie is the it still has a beauty to it that you can't quite you know oh for sure yeah. i i i would say it's one of the most exquisitely gorgeous films about one of the well, most part of that part of that is, is part of that is is john williams score is yeah john yeah. williams score is incredible the cinematographer by Janusz Kaminski, who frequently worked with Spielberg, I think, is amazing. Even though it is so, you know, like we said, reserved and documentary esque style, not a lot of coverage. There's not a lot of dolly well, they, shots. Yeah, like you said, they didn't shots. have a lot of time. They didn't not have only a lot that, of time. but I, he <laughs> want he didn't want it to have the typical flourish that Spielberg's yeah. films have. They are. You know, Spielberg has been trying to emulate a lot of the epic filmmakers, David Lean, Cecil B. DeMille, Michael Curtiz, people like that who really moved the camera, made the, made their films feel so epic. And this yeah, film sweeping. is very intimate, you yeah. know, complete opposite of that. It's unlike, a lot of close-ups. Yeah, of... It's unlike any other Spielberg film from that perspective, at least for yeah. me. But let's Definitely. start off here. We, we're, the film is about Oscar Schindler, who was a member of the Nazi party. And he was a businessman, and he initially, uh, after the the fall of Poland or the you know taking the occupation, the takeover of Poland, he came to Warsaw, and he decided that he wanted to set up a like a manufacturing factory, uh, enamelware and and stuff like that. Later on, he would make an ammunitions factory, but he basically came to. Uh, Profit, uh, you know, war yeah, profiteering. War, war profiteering. Yeah. And he came in and and first thing he did was basically try to f- try to make his way into the major players in right. der- German uh, people that were in the German army uh, and found and made friends with all of them. So he at the beginning of the story, which the the very beginning of the movie starts off with uh, the Jewish prayer right. or the the Sabbath. I, I or was it no? It wasn't the Sabbath prayer, but it was like. It was some Jewish prayer that was good, and they light right. the candles, and um, and then it kind of starts from there, where you see Oscar Schindler kind of getting dressed, um, right. and, it, and it starts off in color, uniquely enough, and then yeah. it transitions into black and white, and color is used very few times. It's only used when candle lighting, and it's used at another it's, time. It's when it's 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 mainly used. To, to really point out a symbolism of some kind or, or something like that. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it jumps in with, with kind of showing Oscar Schindler kind of getting dressed, putting on, you know, things. And apparently, uh, and Liam, Liam Neeson jokes about this, that apparently a couple of the shots are not him. Um, he no. did, yeah, he did all these, he did all the stuff and, but apparently it didn't, what didn't go down the way Spielberg wanted it. So they got like this, one of the assistant directors, to step in and apparently Liam Neeson hates it. He's like, he's like, his hands are shaking a little. He's like Schindler wouldn't, his hands wouldn't quiver like that. No, no. He was throughout the film. He was a pretty calm, collective uh, demeanor. Yeah. um, Despite, you know, what was around him. And in a way 
that was kind of what what helped him greatly. As you said, you know, he is around um, SS officers and commandants and stuff like that. He's around murder psychopaths. Yeah, these guys are (laughs) ego sociopaths. And I'm not to get political, but the ideology of Nazism is is all, you know, is all involved in ego, specifically male ego and just uh, superiority, race superiority, things like that. It's horrible, horrible ideology. Um, And and he's around all that. I think he's very much aware of that. And that's why he's able to play on their um, emotions like that. You know, you kind of butter them up. You play to their ego. You, you know, you can pay these people off. You can pay, you can kind of convince them in ways like that. He does that throughout the movie. And right away we see him establishing that. And we also see him, he wants to establish this, you know, pots and pans you know yeah company and in a way he and the reason kind of why he wants to do is because he wants to employ um the jewish people the jewish population of poland at the time uh for those of you not familiar they kind of really give you a decent enough context to tell you the social climate when it came to the jewish community in that area at that time where they pretty much had no rights at all nothing yeah i mean and and basically when the occupation started they were kicked out of their homes um, their homes were taken over by high-ranking officers, the nicer ones, and then they were they were moved to like the ghetto. Yeah, of, they were moved uh, to the to ghetto where, and... where where people were literally, you know, you know, twenty people were living in one room, or you know, like it, you know, like there's one particular scene where one some some uh, some higher class, you know, somebody some some uh, Jewish people that that had some money, uh, you know, had to move into this room, and they're like, could it get any worse? And then like tons of people start walking into the oh, same yeah. room that they're in and, and they're like yeah you know yeah, and, it, and i mean culturally people don't um, i mean it, historically you have to look at it these 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 weren't these were regular people you know what i mean these were yeah, yeah. these were people who were you know part of society like they owned businesses and had families and things like that and there's a whole you know i don't want to dive into the whole you know socio so um you know, cultural aspect of it. But I mean, you know, like Stephen said, there was, it wasn't only like they were rounding up people from the country and bringing them no. into the city. No, there was, These there was everybody. Th- there was no sense of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, discrimination of any type. It was no. all Jews. It no, didn't it, matter it, w- what your state, your state was. Yeah. It didn't matter yeah. what your economic status was. Yeah. didn't know what you, you were, were, didn't matter what your status was, whether you, you were business or you were put in these places. You were given and, the star of David. Yeah. To you, mark had, you. you had to have papers. You had to have yeah. uh, the star of David, uh, you know, badge on you or whatever, just to mark, just to say that you are. And then, and then, you know, you saw when they were being moved uh, from their homes, people would throw things at them. You know, children would yell, would chant, you know, goodbye, Go Jews. goodbye, Jews. Yeah. And it's um, like yeah. and it's all part of kind of a a cultural brainwashing or a social yeah. brainwashing that's done through propaganda. And you have to realize at the time people didn't have access to information like we do now. I keep saying yeah. that over and over again, but you really have to you really have to put yourself in that time where if the government told you something. You yeah. kind of had to take it as face value, and if your government was evil and corrupt and terror and a terrible ideology, 
they could they could tell you whatever and you would believe it. And that's what happened in Germany. That's kind of how the rise of Nazism happened. And that's pretty much how the Holocaust kind of happened too, where, you know, if the people if the government keeps telling you that these people are evil and they, you know, they're taking money from you or they're, you know, they're a cultural blight or whatever. And and then that's kind of the way it happens. But Oscar Schindler decides to coincidentally he, capitalize on and, all and, of and that's the thing is 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 I would say that there are there were some people that were kind of against this movie after it came out. Right. I didn't like the fact that the movie was told through kind of the German perspective and the fact that this character, you know, started out as basic. I mean, he he is part of the Nazi party. He came in wanting to profit uh, over the the war and and uh, only changes his his ways through once many people had already died. You right. Know, like, yeah. yeah, you see the evolution of his character over the film, and, and you know, he changes after a while. Initially, though, he's doing it to get cheap labor for the factory he wants yeah, to Yeah, yeah, people, people are basically slave – it's slave labor. He, yeah, because you can't yeah. pay, the, you can't pay uh, the Jewish workers directly. You have to pay the Nazi party or the, some office administration somewhere or whatever. You know, you can't – that's where all the money goes. Yeah. But he also – but he, he has the – the kind of you know fortune or good luck or forethought to hire uh, Ben Kingsley's character to be his accountant and pretty much run his business. Um, yeah. Isaac Shul, he, uh, Stern. Yeah, he he makes he tells him at the beginning that you know there's three things that he was told that he he that would make him have a good life. One is to have a good doctor. Uh, was one was to have a good uh, you know like priest or. Or whatever, and then the third was to have a good accountant. <laughs> and he's like, I never had much use for the other two, but uh, right. having a good accountant, yeah, it's always he, been, yeah. He always and he chose him specifically because uh, this uh, this character Stern had contacts with uh, the black market. He also had contacts with um, other Jewish Jew investors. Jewish benefactors in yeah, the business yeah. community, yeah. and and it's very very interesting what Stern decides to do. With this kind of uh, structure he's been given, this business he's been given pretty much free reign over as he starts picking out, um, you know, uh, Jewish people in the ghetto and and hiring them and kind of, you know, uh, manufacturing their papers to say, OK, when you go up, you tell them this, you tell them you're an essential worker, you're a metal worker, because if you were not someone who contributed anything meaningful or at least meaningful in the SS it, officers' yeah. eyes, they would pretty much just get rid of you. Not yeah, one of, you, you're not you're not gonna be saved at any point. Yeah, one of the you know main I mean? examples that's shown in the film is there's a guy that comes up and says he's a he's an English teacher, he's a history teacher. Yeah, literacy and history. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so right away, of course, part of part of the the Holocaust in general was and part of what the Nazis were trying to do was basically uh get rid of the history of the Jews, not only the people, but the, their history. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, somebody like that who would be able to tell the history, you know, no, you kill that person, but. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 If, I mean, if there's one things not uh, Nazis and their ideology hates is free thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. They hate free thought. Uh, that's their worst thing because if you give the people, if you tell people that there is an opposite, you know, 
idea than the one you're 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 saying yeah. and 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 it's a better idea that's more appealing to them they're going to go for that idea and not oh, want yeah. your idea and they want control the, they want control control is a big thing in this film and you see that a lot in this movie when it comes to being able to control situations and being aware of how to control situations and there's a there's a scene with Oscar Schindler and Ray Fiennes' character that's that that's all about control and it's a fantastic yeah, oh, scene yeah. Um, and we should, I think we should get to, um, if there's anything else you want to talk about, kind of, because we can't really go through this film beat by beat. We'll be here. It's, it's got a lot hours. of moments. It's very, it, it, yeah, we, we could, it would take pretty long to get through every plot point, but uh, basically he, he, he gathers, the first thing he gathers, of course, is a lot of, uh, female secretary secretaries. Yeah. He has, a, he, <laughs> yeah, he has a, uh, one thing you realize early on is he's kind of a womanizer. Yes, um, he is. And he's married and he's, he's married. married. Um, and we see that, that 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 marriage is a little rocky. It's that... rocky, but it's like it's almost in, in their society. You you find out when his wife finally shows up that she's aware of his what he does, but it, it's not necessarily. It's like it's almost accepted in a way. Well, if uh. you if you you know culturally at the time, you know the way women's role in society was was to yeah. be subservient to the the man in the, the relationship you know i'm pretty sure that she couldn't file for divorce if she wanted to at the time sure. you know and if she did what would she do you know what i mean a lot of the times um women weren't you know as well educated as men or things like that so she was kind of financially dependent upon you know the the husband or the boyfriend or whatever you know what i mean that's kind of the way this society was back then and some people want it that way now, so who who knows what's going on? And it's like, and you see that he is a bit of a womanizer. He does have a bunch of secretaries. Um, there's another female character that enters later on in the film, um, and you also see that. Um, and slowly, as the film, yeah. the first part of the film kind of introduces certain characters that play a part throughout the whole movie. Yeah, the film um, is not centrally focused on yeah. just Oscar Schindler. He it is very much his story, but you see. Uh, sequences from different Jewish families and different, you know, characters that show up and different names that show up uh, throughout throughout the film. And you kind of give I think it gives a good overall uh, show of different age, the, the different ages and the different types of people going through the same thing. Right. Uh, and, you, and you get different perspectives of yeah. experiences, even, within, even down to children, you know, small yeah, children, yeah. even in. You get different experiences within the ghettos, and then, of course, in the work camps, and then yeah. you know onward. Um, but the character that I think is really fascinating to me is uh, Ray Fiennes' character, Amon Geth. I think it's I don't know how to Goth. say it. It's like Geth. That's kind of how yes, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Um, he is um, he's kind of like a he's like a lieutenant, you know, like a second lieutenant. He, there's a there's a proper German name for that, and I couldn't you know it's. Unterstürmer Führer. I can't really pronounce it. I'm not. I'm not German. I, you did it better I, I, than me, German. buddy. You got me. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, and he comes in, and right away you can tell this guy's pure evil. Well, his, you know, he it is. And but I love the end of the first scene he's in, where he's in the car, and it's kind of funny because like they're like talking to him about all the things they're gonna do, and at the end he's like, "Can we fucking close the?" The damn top, it's fucking cold out here. Yeah, it's like he doesn't <laughs> care. Like, yeah. they're telling him, like, you know, we're building the camp. It's going to be, you know, the, we're building the prison camp. You know, there's your house up there. And he's like, 
He's like, uh, there's your villa, your villa, your yeah, villa. That's a villa. Yeah. <laughs> that's a villa. That's not. And this first order of business, of course, the same is kind of like Schindler is to find kind of a housewoman, a, 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 a female companion of sorts. Yeah. One of his first things he does, he lines up all of those women and he asks, you know, which one has uh, domestic experience, basically who was a maid or whatever. Yeah. And the only woman who doesn't um, raise her hand is the one he picks. Yeah. And that is Helen Hirsch. And this poor woman is psychologically and physically tortured by him throughout a good portion of this movie. Yeah. Um, and the actress is just amazing in, yeah. in this role. She's just absolutely incredible. Um, he and and there's another scene, I believe, following that, uh, where there's this female Jewish engineer who, or architect who's over who's overseeing the construction of a building and she's and she's yelling and she's saying you know the foundation was built wrong if you don't tear up this foundation and re and relay the concrete you know the building's going to collapse sooner than you would think and and he he just has her shot well, oh yeah i mean because now, she has an idea that contradicts their his their original thoughts and because she's obviously smart oh he and decided- she and she's yeah. a Jewish woman. And she's, yeah, yeah, she's a Jew. So he shoots her. And then after he's done shooting her, he says, hey, go fix it like she said. Yeah. And yeah. it's about the ego. And it's about, you know, I didn't have that idea. And I'm mad that I didn't have that idea because it shows that someone else is superior to me in intellect. Yeah. And this guy is all ego. He is, I, I, when I first saw this movie, I'm pretty sure he was, I thought he was evil personified. Just, human evil personified not yeah. not evil like we see in horror films like you know jason Voorhees or michael myers or anything like that like literally the full extent of human evil to, to the point where they can look at another person and not see them as having any value whatsoever yeah he These literally are, he literally no. spends times through this movie in his villa and taking a, a you know a rifle and shooting people randomly from his you know, people working out there in the fields and stuff. Oh, and in a way, and the way, yeah, there's a scene that's very famous where he's just sitting on his balcony, like Steven said, looking through, looking through. Just the, finding people that are are not doing exactly. So he finds something, whether they're not working particularly as hard as he thinks that they should be working or one person's like sitting there tying their shoe and he shoots them. Um, honestly, I don't think he's even thinking that. I don't think he cares. He's just. He's like, oh, that person, boom, gone. Oh, that yeah. person, boom, gone. Because because there's a one scene later on where he, he where uh, Helen Hirsch tells Oscar Shin, like there was just a woman walking by, yeah. doing doing what she was doing, and he just shot her, yeah. just for no reason at all, no consciousness whatsoever. And then you know, and and in a way, the way I've always interpreted that is that it seems compulsory, and it seems. Uh, like an addiction or a satisfactory thing to him, like it's filling an urge. Well, it's that it's that control you're talking about. He right. feels like you know they have him and him and Oscar have this conversation a little later in the film about what true power is over people, and you know he, he you know this whole movie, the Ray Fiennes character feels like the fact that he is deciding whether you can live or die. You know, die is the true power. But Schindler tries to convince him that, you know, letting them live, even though he could kill them, is the power. 
and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah Schindler, uh, Schindler's trying to do. He's trying to so reverse, that he reverse psychology. Do, yeah. Trying to reverse psychology, him. In a um, way, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, in a way, Schindler's right. Uh, uh, he, yeah, he's right because he's right because of who the the person he is. The, yeah, he's. I'm saying he's right philosophically because having control over someone, uh, you know, is more than just killing them. You know, having yeah. control over someone is literally having control over whether they live or die. And then having even more control is playing on that emotion to the point yeah. where you're torturing them. You know what I mean? But he's also doing it so, you know, so that, you know, he can, he can, can stop save killing lives. people. Yeah, so he can yeah. save lives. So it works <laughs> both ways, um, which is very, very interesting. And and the reason why Goth has come to this area is to oversee the construction of the Plazao concentration camp. And once that construction is done, we get one of the most horrific sequences in, I think, cinema history, in my opinion, uh, or at least modern cinema history, which is the liquidation of the ghettos. Yeah. And the section is literally titled oh, yeah. Liquidation of the Ghettos. And it happens around 53 minutes or an hour into the movie, and it goes for about 20 minutes straight. Yeah, you see you see Schindler and, and one of his, his secretaries kind of on a hill – watching over the town the, the area ghetto. and yeah. Yeah, the ghetto and then you see the army is going into the and just just basically pulling people out of the ghetto and kill it just shooting people for they, just like we talked about in another film i i can't remember which film it was but where they line they would save on ammunition by lining people up oh and yeah shooting shooting multiple people with one bullet um and things like that it's just it's it, it's it's horrifying oh, the whole it, sequence is horrifying it ends and at this point, uh, you know the the prisoners pretty much. You know, well, I mean, all, all actually, also all the all the workers that work for Schindler are also in this ghetto. Oh yeah. So, he, so yeah. for Schindler, he's looking at the town, thinking, "How many of my people are are dead?" Along with everybody else, you know, like yeah, and nobody's going to be able to show up for work tomorrow if all my people. You know, the irony is that nobody in the af in the sequ in the scene after this. He pretty much says that, like, I yeah. went to my, I went to my uh, factory nobody, and there nobody was nobody there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, it's and like, so I need, mean, I need my I just people. lost a whole day of production and money yeah. and I demand to be compensated and all that kind of stuff. But this sequence is unbelievable. Yeah, and there's one particular scene that gets, I mean, there's a lot of imagery that's very. It, this is where we get the scene with the girl in the jacket, right? Yes. Yeah, there's the girl with the jacket is, we'll get to that. The red jacket. Second. But there's like some scenes of like where they go upstairs and you like, you know, it, great, fa fantastic directing where like you'll see German soldiers run up the stairs into a room, but you won't see them shoot them, but you'll hear, you'll see the flashes on the wall. Oh, you, you'll hear the machine gun fire. And the, yeah, and, 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 you know, then like there's one particular scene with a little boy who's running, trying to find a hiding place and he can't find any hiding places. And he jumps into this like that's shitter. Later. He that's jumps into on. a shitter. That's later on. Oh, is that later on? Okay. Yeah. That's when they're coming to get them to put them on the trains to. The oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. To send them. But, but I yeah, actually was almost brought that up. But yeah. I was like, that happens later because there's the little girl. There's that other little girl with the glasses yes. and her mom and they can't find a hiding spot in this sequence. And yeah. And this is when and they get... there's a little boy who's Jewish that that helps them. Puts yeah, them he's in the like, good, puts he's them part in the of the Hitler line. youth. Yeah, he's yeah. part of the Hitler youth, and you know he knows the little girl and the mom, and he's like, and he covers for them because the mom hides out, and she was gonna leave her her child, you know, hidden with this other 
the people. And I'm pretty sure a lot of that happened. A lot of families were just completely, you know, decimated, separated, wiped oh, out, yeah. everything. It's, you know, millions and millions of people died but, during this time period. But as you said, the, the little girl with the red uh, coat, um, you know, in this instance, uh, apparently what Spielberg said was that he wanted to he wanted to point out the kind of uh, the I mean, of course, the blood of the people that were killed, you know, and specifically like when the U.S. did not when the U.S. knew that this was going on and they didn't do anything about it right, right away. People um, knew. Yeah. And and he wanted that was kind of the symbolism for the girl in the red coat. And later on, she she you know, she's seen again later. Um, she would he, he, um Oscar Schindler sees her again later. Yeah, he sees dead her in a, literally in a, in a, in a pile of bodies. Because yeah, I mean, I don't want to get to that now because it's kind of an important part later. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that happens, and then we get and, and then and then and then after the initial attack, then they come back later at night. Yes, and there's like kind of like a more kind of a quieter approach to finding all the rest of the people that are hiding, um, people hiding in pianos and hiding under floorboards and. And beds and everywhere. I mean, there's literally yeah. a guy that pins himself underneath his bed and like strapped underneath his bed, and they flip the bed over and shoot him. Like, after, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's it's horrific, and they they you know, for lack of a better term, take new. They do they do take people, but they oh they, they take definitely take prisoners because they have to keep doing work. Yeah, you know? they because the prison camp is set up and they need yeah. workers, and they're pretty much only taking like able bodied workers and people yeah. and you know liquidation for people not familiar with that term is pretty much you know consolidating cutting down basically, yeah they, 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 you know. they're cutting down the population to enough that they can fit in the camp right yeah yeah and and it's really like i said it's crazy but you know oscar schindler you know he's he's losing out on workers he's losing out on money and so he goes to the SS higher ups and kind of complains about that. And the, guy, the guy's like, you know, you can conf you can file a you know a complaint with blah 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 blah. blah. And it's like, okay, what? You know what I mean? It's kind of kind of shows the the literal minutia the the way they planned out all of this, where there's like a hierarchy and like you know all this kind of you know planning and all the you know some people had to literally sit down and map out how they would. You know, go about systematically, systematically, yeah, committing genocide. Basically, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's crazy. And and for for Schindler, I think at this point right now, even though he's still very much like, I think about, that, about that, his, that began to change him. Yeah, I was gonna say, even though he was still about his business somewhat, um, I, I think yeah, definitely he starts to use. His, the excuse of his business to 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 start to really start caring about the people and getting them safe, you know, getting them back in his factory. And um, I think from there he puts together a list. Right? Is that when he starts I don't the think list? That's, that's not when or he that starts later? doing it. No, this is he doesn't start putting together the, the list until he finds out that they're going to close the prison camp and they're sending everybody to Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because. They have no reason for the camp to be open anymore. Uh, but what we, uh, what I do want to point out is that Schindler decides to keep up a a friendship with with uh, Gerth. Yeah, yeah. He stay. He has to stay in the camp because he understands that yeah. this guy is is someone that you can manipulate and someone that you can uh, use for things. And he does use him. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. He, he bribes him when 
the con when the uh, the plaza concentration they camp throw parties makes him makes him feel brings up it builds up his ego there's yeah. these parties and and um, there's a lovely scene i mean you bring up parties you know oscar schindler's having a birthday and they cross cut it with a makeshift um marriage a jewish marriage that's happening um i believe at at the oscar schindler's you know, yes. looks like looks like his uh, warehouse uh, factory and and it, what is interesting is that a little girl like um, an older girl and a young girl come and bring him like a cake for and say happy birthday and and apparently it's custom to kiss all of the women at your birthday i don't I wasn't aware of that custom well but no, he, no, there's no, a I, montage of him doing it yeah, and then he I, does it with the Jewish girl. I was gonna say I kind of think that a lot of that is. I mean, I always took that. I took that scene as, you know, his actual real gratitude showing through, and kind of not really realizing that how it was looking to others. Because you know, a lot of the you know German officers yeah, were there. They gave him a lot of dirty looks. Yeah, they weren't liking what he was doing because the kiss lasted pretty long. Yeah, and not <laughs> only that, but I mean. And then, uh, I mean, because that does have, because later on, uh, there's a scene uh, where, you know, people are being loaded on trains to go to, you know, uh, a death camp, a death camp, if you will. And they're pretty much, you know, suffocating, overheating because they're just piled on on top of one another. And he gets the hose and he goes and gets the extension for the hose that he has at his factory. And he's having, he's instructing them to just, you know, blast blast the thing and the german ss soldiers go into thinks it's like this big joke you know oh you're giving you're giving them hope it's so cruel because yeah. they know they know where they're going the, the ss officers know where they're going yeah. so there's no point of even like doing anything nice for them at all and Goethe stops laughing and he recognizes that the, the something's not quite you it's, know he's trying way around. too hard he's trying way too hard you know what i mean and that and, then, and it's the sequence after that where Oscar Schindler ends up getting arrested uh, because, you know, I forgot what it's called, some infraction. But basically, it goes back to that kiss uh, from the birthday party because, you know, yeah. you know, Germans and Jews cannot, you know, commingle with each like other that, yeah. at all. Uh, that's, you know, against the law. And and I just thought that, that was, you know, very interesting. Um, and but when they're going to uh, when he's when the camp closes and they're going to Auschwitz, that's when he decides that he's going to start um his ammunitions um factory in Czechoslovakia in Moreva the Czechoslovakia and that's when we get you know the list of the Schindler's list, yeah. list he and Stern sit down and just start rattling off names and names of all of the people the workers that were at his you know his factory and that he could he can save basically and he just tells him to go on and on. But the thing yeah, is, is that all the, all the children, cut, but know, he cuts yeah. a deal with Goethe. Basically, he's going to be literally paying for each of well, these people. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a great scene and where he's they're talking about it. And he's like, you know, Schindler asks him, he's like, how much how much do I have to pay for each person? And how much is it worth to yeah, you? And Stern then says, Goth, Goth goes back to he's like, hey, no, how much is it worth to you? Oh, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Goth, Goth says that. Yeah. And. Basically, he's gonna bribe Goethe and he's gonna pay for every person. He's gonna pay for every person. So he's yeah. like, there's a montage scene where you know they're going over the names, and it's like, you know, how many do you have? Uh, six hundred and fifty names. Um, more, you know, how many more. do you have? Eight hundred fifty. More, more. And then he gets, and he finally gets to like, you know, finish up this last page, and then leave a little space at the bottom. Um, and the last, and the space at the bottom is for Helen Hirsch, 
who is, you know, like I said, literally being probably sexually, physically, well, the thing psychologically is, tortured by a kid. I, 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 initially, I assumed that there was a sexual he was get she, she was sexually being harassed but because of the the character there's that and, and there's also there, that there's that scene that, that you see with where he is like walking around and saying you know i should you know should i have sex with you or she, like it's like he hasn't had sex with her but he does beat her well, he, he also does grope her sexually he gropes her but i don't think he's ever like actually had sex no with her. we do not see that i mean it's and it's 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 almost psychosexual, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it's like he he's so I think somewhat like jealous of of Schindler because I think because he knows that he's been having sex with these women, these these Jewish women, and is getting away with it. And he almost is kind of jealous of of his success and wants to be like him, but he can't because he's disgusted by the Jews. Oh yeah, there's yeah, that yeah. Yeah, and that scene when the scene we've just kind of briefly mentioned is there he is like on the verge of literally having a sexual encounter with her obviously yeah. non-consensual and forced but he stops himself at the last moment because of the self-hatred that he has probably he, he, with him within he feels himself like for, yeah, for his feelings you yeah i was I gonna mean? say he has more he the way he looks at it is he's like i got too much respect for myself to do right. that to, Even yeah. though, like, he clearly, obviously, he wants, wants this woman. And yeah. in his mind, in his the way these crazy people work is that in his mind, all of his actions and all of his thoughts and everything is justified because of the because of his ego. Like, yeah. he probably thinks that it is okay, um, you know, to have the to want this woman because remember, she's Jewish and to him, they're nothing, you know, they're yeah. less than nothing. So in his mind, all of that's justified. Um, it, but it's not it, like you said that he would. He has too much self respect for himself, but he has no respect of for Helen not. at he all. He doesn't care about it. He has. He literally nobody else matters. Like, he doesn't he, care what this would do to her psychologically, physically, not. or anything. He only cares about what it would do to him. And it's and it's it's amazing someone to have an ego like that. And and he but Oscar. Um, Basically says he'll play him in these, you know, this card game of chance. I'm not sure what it is, but it's basically if, you know, if I win, I get Helen. If I lose, I'll give you. I think it was fourteen thousand eight hundred, yeah, yeah. whatever the currency is. I can't remember if it's Deutsche marks, marks or it something marks? like yeah. that. It may be marks. Um, and we don't actually see that take place, but we, I, we, I, I believe. I think he. I think Helen, he, he takes the money. Yeah. Yeah, he I, takes I he the money for Helen. Yeah. 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 I think he just takes the money because because at first we he see fight, Helena after that. Yeah, because he first he fights for the he fights the idea of you know him her coming with him when they leave. Uh, they go back to Vienna. He says he's yeah. going to go to Vienna and wants to take her with him, but he knows that 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 can't happen. Yeah, Schindler's and uh, uh, Oscar Schindler's like you know that she's going to go to Auschwitz and die anyways. So why not just sell her money to me for, for money? Yeah, basically. Um, and he ends up and. And so this leads us to another sequence that I think is wow, frightfully amazing. Uh, yeah. Frightfully amazing because it's so. When I first saw this, I was I was completely in shock. I've this was my second time watching the movie, but the first time you watch this Auschwitz sequence, you you like you're holding your breath, like yeah. you're shocked, you know. And what happens is he's getting all of these 
all of his workers on trains to go to Czechoslovakia to go work at the ammunition factory. But one one of the trains that has the women on it accidentally gets rerouted to Auschwitz. I don't think I don't know that it was an accident. He, it was, he, wasn't an accident. But no, it wasn't an accident. I mean, I mean, it's accident in quotes. I mean, yeah, I mean? like even even when he was initially, I don't you, you I'm, I could be confused. But this could have been from an earlier scene. But when he was they were first loading the trains and they were almost not going to let the kids go. Well, that, that's uh, after. So, that's after. Was that after? Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it's after. There's too um, many scenes with trains and things. Yeah, what and, happened? Yeah. What happens, though, <laughs> is, you know, they go, and you can tell because all of the men show up to the camp, and everybody's relieved, and but we get, but you know that there's some, there, there are people missing here. Yeah, and, yeah. and what happens is you find that, that yeah, accidentally in quotes, um, and and you can tell because they cut back to the women on the train that are looking outside and it's it's snowing and it's cold and it's a different climate it's a different place it literally looks like hell on earth well it's not it's as we said earlier it's not really i mean it could be snowing but it's that's well there ash. was sn there was snow on the ground that's what I sure meant. sure also it, it was like germany in the winter time i'm assuming yeah, it yeah. Was snow. And, and, and when and, they and, get and, to auschwitz that's ash. Yeah, you know uh, I mean? the uh, one of the most frightening things about that, you know, them looking outside was uh, as they pass by, a, a child looks at them it, it, as they're passing by, and he does kind of the throat, the throat cut, cut thing, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> my goodness, my geez. goodness! And they go there, and you see, um, you know, the process of going to the quote unquote showers. The gas chambers. Well, yeah, will. I mean, initially they they assume they, they that believe that that's what's that's happen. what they're about to die in the gas chambers. So they get them all set up. They bring all the women out. They make them strip, cut um, their hair, cut their hair off, and they all are walked into a, a big room um, with sprinklers. And they assume that they're about to get gassed, and it's frightening. And they they turn out the lights, and then suddenly the showers, the water comes on, and it and just the sign of relief and and just still frightened yeah and then there's you know, a sequence like, right after that where i think they're going to their bunks or whatever and then a bunch of other women are being led into another building and it's the building that is the actual gas chambers it yeah. is the actual you know the the death the, the death part of the death camp yeah and you can tell because there's a shot of that pans upward to the smokestacks of probably where they're burning the bodies yeah, and that's yeah. where the ash and smoke is coming from it's because of that um, and it, 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 it's so it's so brilliantly well done because you don't need to see it. You just know, you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 it's such beautiful, subtle visual filmmaking that happens a lot in this movie where you can just assume things happening without having to actually see them. Like we mentioned with, you know, the gunfire and the and the and stuff like that when they were liquid, liquefying, liquidation, liquidating the ghetto, as I like yeah. to say. And so what happens is Schindler wants his workers. So he goes to, you know, the, up, the upper guy and the guy's like, you know, I can get you new workers or whatever. He's like, no, I want these yeah, yeah. workers. He's yeah. Like, and, and, I want yeah, on this grab, list here. Grab, yeah. He grabs the children. He's like, I can't clean shells out, these small shells out with, without these kid hands. Yeah. And he, yeah. Yeah. Hands. And it's, it's the little girl with the glasses from, yeah, yeah. from before, uh, who was trying to hide with her mom. Um, and like I said before, he's even though even though by this point the audience kind of knows that he's using his business facade, his reasonings to save lives. At this point, he's he's putting on that facade to 
to just to save these people. Yeah, you know? well, he doesn't he, he doesn't care about the business. He just wants to keep these people away from getting gassed and dying. And yeah, what we didn't yeah. uh, mention before is just backtracking a little bit is when the when the, the prison camp closed is is the sequence is is when is when that sequence with that boy that Stephen was talking about where yeah. they were you know they were they were getting all of the people to go on the trains to go to the camps and they were saved and they were keeping a bunch of the other people uh you know basically you know you know different lines or whatever and then they went and they rounded up all the kids at this other part of the camp and they put them in the back of trucks and they they lured yeah. them to the trucks with like music and stuff it's horrific and that's when the little the little boy that Stephen was mentioning goes and hides in yeah, the, the, the I mean, porta potty, the, the, the outhouse. They jumps in the shit, and there's already kids in there, and they're like, "This is our hiding place." Our hiding spot. And I'm like, "Just the look. How's he going to get out of here?" Yeah, you know? just the look he gives when he looks up. The light, out, yeah. It's just, it's just. I've seen that that specific clip in many, many montages. Yeah. Um, it's the lighting in that sequence is just amazing. You're literally just, when you watch this crazy. movie, man. Like, like, like we said earlier, it's 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 got a timelessness to it. It looks like the this movie could have been filmed in like the forties or the fifties. Like it's got this, just this, the way the graininess and the, and the, um, it's just beautiful, man. It, the lighting is just perfect. It's, just, yeah, I, it, it, it's a technically perfect. I, 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 think it's I, a per, I think it's a perfect film in general in my, yeah. in my view. Uh, but, but, but picking back up and then when we get the see, well, I want to kind of just mention this is when they're driving the kids away, all the parents oh, of course, try to run yeah. after the trucks, and it's like, what else would you do in that situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my goodness, um, it's just you know absolutely. I mean, shoot, most of them people are the only reason they're still they're trying to stay alive is to save their kids. You know, they're not. Yeah, you know. And I mean, and now they're so, now now they're getting taken away. You know, and it's yeah, it's terrible. And so, fast fast forwarding back to where we were, um, the ammunitions uh factory opens up and basically uh stern tells him you know we're getting some you know bad reports back about our shells shell casings not passing you know tests or whatever and and schindler says you know uh he says he basically says good <laughs> he's like he yeah i mean he's says, like, like if no, he's like i'll if, find if, a place to buy real stuff if we ever manufacture something that can actually work yeah, uh, that I would be very unhappy that day. Yeah, he's it's, sabotaging the factory because he does not want to, uh, of course, uh, provide for this war. He doesn't want to help kill more people. Um, so he's, the, you know, he's using he's using the, he's trying to keep these people working under him and save keep them alive, but he also doesn't want to keep profiting off the war. So yeah, by and he's, this already, point, and he's already almost spent all his money. Yeah, buying that's all these thing. Yeah, yeah, by this point. Um, you know, his mind has definitely changed when it comes to the way he is thinking about um, the war and the plight of the Jewish people and, you know, the uh, the German army and stuff like that. He's definitely changed. And there, there are. He, he also brings his wife uh, to stay with him. Right. Um, which is a big change, too. You know, he you know, he'd been womanizing the whole the whole movie. And then uh, eventually he, now he brings his wife back. And earlier in the movie. 
um, when his wife visited, uh, they didn't recognize her as Mrs. Schindler. And now, you know, when she comes back, he says, you're, you're never going to be not mistake, never be a mistake and not to be my wife again. Yeah. He walks yeah. her literally through the factory and yeah. says, you know, this is my wife, you know, yeah. people shake her hand and say hello and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is around 1945 or so. And if you're, you know, a history buff out there, you know, towards, you know, 1944, 1945, you know, in that area, towards the end of the war, um, Germany was losing, yeah. you know what I mean? And in a lot of, and basically a lot of the reasons why that, that prison camp from earlier, the Plaza prison camp was closed down is because of that. And they were basically trying to, you know, get rid of, get rid of people and send them off to be, to be, gotten rid of basically uh, what happened towards the end of the war is that they ended up you know killing off a lot more people in the concentration camps you know to get rid of the evidence if you will yeah. um the evidence you know obviously said i think i think it said ten thousand were killed at one camp yeah that particular camp that was kind of the main part of the movie um yeah the 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 Plazao concentration yeah. camp. Um, Auschwitz is a big one that people know. Kind of, of. A, I mean, yeah, yeah. These are historical places now that you can go and one, visit in Germany if you so choose to. One particular scene. I'm backtracking a little bit. Oh, back there's, one, there's one particular scene that is, is one that sticks out in my mind that was a big deal. Um, the one guy that made hinges. Remember the scene with the yes. hinges, uh, where where oh, he, that scene's he, 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 Yeah, he comes in trying to find an excuse to kill again once again to get rid of people and uh he he asked this one guy to make a hinge for him and he times him and he does it really fast and he's good but then he like makes an excuse saying then why did you only make so many of these and you've been here since you know six this morning so he takes him outside to try to kill him but he can't get the gun to work the gun, the gun keeps jamming his luger yeah. jams and then he's got this little like uh this other small gun yeah yeah millimeter whatever and then that one jams too and and there's the scene that's just close up of him getting closer and closer he's clicking it to try to get it unjammed clicking it try to get it unjammed and it doesn't work and he just hits the guy over the head and leaves in frustration yeah and it just shows that like i was saying earlier that he has that compulsor once the compulsion was gone, he just left. I mean, it's just, kind of like you know an addiction, if you will. It, it's oh, an addiction, dude. I mean, like it's like kind of like a uh, a masochistic addiction. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Inflicting pain on others is something that satisfies him. You know, um, it's yeah, it's incredible. And, and the other thing we didn't talk about too is is when you know when we well I, we talked about the one scene where he, where Schindler tries to convince him that not killing is is um the way to go it's it's really showing the power over people so he spends a day trying to oh, yeah. do that he spends a day trying to you know let people um get away with you know like he you know he goes out on his horse he sees one person getting beaten up and he he's like hey what did they do he's like you know they were taking a smoke break he's like let her go, you know, so he lets her go, you know, so that he's like i pardon you is the thing he would say yeah, i pardon you people like he yeah. was some well, he's literally judge, jury, and executioner all in one. Oh yeah. So, so the one particular thing that kind of switches it all back around is there's this one young kind of teenage boy that has been kind of, I guess, messing up all day, at least in his eyes. And he, he you know, he doesn't clean the bathtub right. And he, you know, he tells him, you know, I pardon you, you can go. But then he sits there and looks at it, and it just continues to fester at him until he can't, 
he can't give he can't give it he can't give it into his his compulsion. He gives into his compulsion and starts trying to shoot him as he leaves. And then he you he it cuts away, and then you see another person walk by, and you see that the kid's been shot. And it's like the dude he just can't. He, he it's it's who he is. Like right. he can't help but kill. I mean, it's and there's also a sequence uh, where it is like I said towards the end of the war and. Uh, what they've been, if you're wondering what they've been doing with all of these people that they've been killing when it came to the liquidation of the ghettos and all that kind of stuff, they've been burying them. Yeah. So now they've now been they dig the them up higher ups to them. dig them up and burn them. Yet again, I'm assuming to cover up, you know, these atrocities, if you will. Yeah. Because if, if maybe there is um, a thought process that perhaps we may lose the war. And what will happen after we lose the war or something like that? So they have to go dig up all these guys. And that is where we see um, the body of the, the girl with the red jacket is is in one of the, you know, uh, giant wheelbarrow type things that they are wheeling away uh, to dump the bodies in this giant bonfire that they have. That, that they have. Um, and what is interesting, and of course, the SS officers aren't the ones that are digging up these bodies. These are yeah. the free labor Jewish workers literally picking up the dead bodies that have been here for quite some time of their fallen, of their, their fellow Jewish people. It's a hugely horrific act. Yeah. But I guess we could flash forward to towards the end of the movie where Stern tells Oscar Schindler that he's pretty much out of money. It's 1945 yeah. and he spent it all bribing and paying off people and doing all kinds of stuff. But luckily, the war ends. The war yeah. ends in May of 1945. Um, I guess just in the nick of time, if you will, yes. because he's got nothing. He's got nothing left. He's not really making any money uh, when it comes to the, the the manufacturing. But in his, but he really, I guess, doesn't care about that anymore. Um, and and he decides that before the the uh, the Russian army comes in, because they got to Berlin first and the war is over and he decides that he and his wife are going to leave and not be, you know, captured or whatnot. Yeah. They got to go, um, they got to flee and uh, they got to flee. And he tells Stern, you know, you know, give everybody cigarettes, give everybody this, give everybody that from all the stuff we have. Um, and then you get probably the most uh, famous scene from the movie is as he's leaving, he just finally breaks down and it's really the first time we've seen him have any true, genuine emotion uh explicit emotion throughout the movie yeah. where he breaks down and he says i wish i could have saved more people He's like I, I could have sold this you know this piece of my you know a pen and yeah uh, his watch got, yeah, his watch yeah. i could have gotten two people maybe one person for this you know you know i could have sold this car 10 people yeah. you know i should have saved more and then you just see him break down and stern tries to tell him you did it, you did you a did, lot you did yeah. more than everything you just saved you saved generations of people that wouldn't exist without you you know what i mean yeah. you would really um you know it's not only you're not only saving these people you're saving the people that would come after you know yeah. their children and then their grandchildren and on and on and so forth and there are and 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 he did to a certain ex to full extent you know there are people who are descendants of you know the Schindler Jews as they are called, um, and the and uh, basically 
you, you the, get a, you get kind of an an ending where it yeah. kind of gives you the, the 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 big things where like you know um, what happened with certain characters, right? Um, and, but you but before that, while he's leaving, they gave him a gold ring. Remember that? Yeah. And and engraved on it is a they used it. They 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 melted down a uh, gold gold golden like teeth. teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it has the a with a quotation from the Talmud. Uh, which is the, the Jewish, you know, sacred text or whatever, and it says, uh, "Whoever saves one life saves the world entire," yeah. which is very apropos and very fitting for which for him. Which there's a behind the scenes, like I was when I was looking at the special features. There's a scene where Spielberg's actually talking with one of the survivors, and she says that quote to him. You know, um, mm-hmm. that they they spoke. She said that to because she had she of course met, had met Schindler. Then and she she said that to him, and that's right. kind of I think that's where they got the inspiration to use that in the film. I think I think we're we are very fortunate that um, this movie was made twenty five years ago. That this yeah. movie was made in the early nineties because you got a a lot of these survivors were still with us at the time. Yeah. You know, if this movie was made today or ten years later, a lot of the survivors would of course passed away and whatnot. Um, so at the you know. At the very end, you kind of get a, a wrap up. You know, the what's interesting is the you know a, a Soviet officer comes in and says, "You've been liberated." Uh, the the irony of that is they've kind of already been liberated by Schindler, and but yeah. this, this this Soviet officer comes in and tells them that, um, and he's like, you know, you know, you know he, he, they ask him about Poland, where can they go, are, you know. Yeah, and they like they yeah. It's like uh, don't go east. They don't like you there. Don't go west. They don't like they you don't there like either. You there either. Yeah. And they ask him about Poland, and he's like, "Are there any Jews left?" And the guy really doesn't respond yeah. because yet again, it's one of those things where there aren't, there probably aren't any left. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. Um, he he almost looks at them like, like they're partially extinct. Like, what is a Jew? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, like he's puzzled by it uh, in his face in his facial um, you know, expression. Uh, we also find out what happens to Gerth. You know, he gets uh, tried he gets hung, and yeah. he, he gets hung on for war crimes. Um, crimes against humanity. Crimes against humanity, which, I mean, if you're familiar with the Nuremberg trials, uh, that was a whole a whole thing that happened uh, after after the war was over and, you know, where a lot of Nazis higher-ups were, you know, convicted and et cetera, et cetera. Um, we also learn a little bit about what happened to Oscar Schindler afterwards. Um, he died, I think, in 1973. He died in 1973. Um, uh, it says that his failure, his marriage was a failure. Um, he had a few attempts at uh, some new business ventures that were also a failure. What they don't tell you is that um, a lot of uh, the Schindler Juden uh, helped him out financially when his businesses really? were failed later on. Yeah. yeah, I did a little extra research. You know, Ooh. gotta gotta come to play the game. Uh, oh, you can't just man. show up on game day without practicing, I guess. Jesus, sport <laughs> references. <laughs> God, you and Dan, I swear to God. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you get that um, the uh, the scene of all of the people going to his grave. Yeah, which was actually sh- which, which was actually shot by Spielberg himself. Right, he was doing the camera work in that scene. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's, it's the survivors, and I believe um, many of their corresponding. Actors who portrayed them in the yeah. movie or were accompanied them and put a a stone on the grave. Um, he, uh, I believe, Schindler's the only Nazi 
um, you know, member of the Nazi party to be buried in Mount, Mount Zion in Jerusalem. The, I think it's the Catholic part of Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, so that is Schindler's List. And it's it, we didn't even do it justice. And we've been talking about it for quite a while. It's, yeah, it's I mean, really something you have to experience if you haven't already. It's it, like we said, it's a movie that it's kind of hard to go, you know, as you heard, saw me, I was having a hard time pinpointing when certain events happened because the movie is very much a experiential thing. It's not easy to, it's not got a straight through narrative necessarily. Um, it, it's a lot of, just a lot of horror, horrific things happening and you got to You get kind of swept into it and it's, it's just tragically beautiful movie and uh yeah it really it, is it, it really does it's it's i've said this before like when a movie can make me feel something like this movie does not even being jewish or anything i mean just you see something so uh intensely you know you know depicted it's it, there's not many movies that have been able to capture something like this and uh you know Spielberg, yeah, that, that's why Spielberg's one of the masters, man. Right, and I mean, and um, it it's it makes it extra impactful when it is it is a film based on something that's real, um, that is yeah. a real event that happened, you know, within the last century, uh, something like that, or whether it's something that is as well known as the Holocaust, which was not only a an attempt at the extermination of. Jewish people, but also an attempt at pretty much killing off anybody that you didn't like. It wasn't only yeah. the Jewish people that were victims of the Holocaust. There were millions of other victims as well. And and it's and also, you know, genocide on that scale is something that is not uncommon, unfortunately. If you've ever seen the film Hotel Rwanda, that's another film about a a genocide event in the 20th century, coincidentally. Um, and it's just, it, it's amazing where these things keep happening over and over again, and people don't seem to learn from them. As yep. horrific as we view them and as as dismal as they are, they keep happening. Like, that, ev that evil still permeates. It just it blows my mind, and I think that's what really ha makes this film have a lasting effect. Yeah. And even though the film came out 25 years ago, it's still relevant. Definitely. You know what I mean? You know, if, you, if you're aware of our current political climate, there are still people who have the ideology of the Nazi party from a, you know nearly a century ago and still persecuting uh you know people that they don't like whether it be Jewish people you know African Americans whatever minority out there women um gay, uh, homosexual people were also victims of the holocaust as well um yeah it's really just apparently there's no end to uh, widespread discrimination yeah. uh and we do want to point out that the film um, was a big success at the big box success. office as well, um, which they didn't think it was because apparently films based off of the Holocaust we, weren't we big money makers. Gonna, <laughs> assume, he, Spielberg assumed the movie was going to flop. Um, yes, he did. He did assume it was going to flop. It, it, I think it made over $200 million. I think it made, let me see, I think it made 300 and, yeah, 322 million, yeah, I think, worldwide, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, and the film also won seven Oscars. Seven well. Oscars nominated for 13. It won seven. It won Best Picture, Director, Adapted Screenplay, Original Score, Film Editing, Cinematography, and Art Direction. It was also nominated for Actor, Supporting Actor, Sound, 
makeup and costume design. So. Right. We have to. Well, I think we have to mention that it did not win. Uh, Liam Neeson didn't win for best actor. Um, Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia that that year. Yeah. And uh, Ray Fiennes did not win for best supporting actor it, because he won that year. Oh, well, that's why I'm about to mention this. Yeah. Yeah. Because was. Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. Really? I am almost a hundred percent on that. Like I'm I'm pretty That's, sure, I guess. <laughs> look, I love I, I I love The Fugitive, but God what? It was Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. I love I I do love the fugitive, but damn, is if not that if that's a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm I that's one of those Oscar things where you just it's kind of it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because it's like nowadays movies like The Fugitive doesn't don't get nominated. And Not only that, but I mean, people remember The Fugitive, but for literally what I just told you, people wouldn't believe it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what? What? Like Tommy Lee Jones won an Oscar for that movie? For I mean, for basically an action movie, and it was it's an action thriller. Not only yeah. that, I mean, it's not, you know, <clears throat> completely lost your voice. Yeah, I completely lost my voice. <laughs> it's not a. You know, it's not a dramatic film that has the weight of a Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that's crazy, man. I mean, Neeson, you know, there's always stiff competition. And, and of course, with Tom Hanks, man, Tom Hanks was like getting into his dramatic, dramatic acting chops at the, during that time. He did Philadelphia, and I think he wins for Tom for uh, Forrest Gump the next, the next year. year. Yeah, back to back. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, this was this was a big time for Tom Hanks. And that was a great performance, too. But. Rafe Rafe Fine should have won that year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I, I don't know how that. Still don't know how that's possible. I'm also, um, I don't know how John Williams score didn't did not. It did win. It did win. It did, it did win. win. Yeah. I was off. I was off. You're yeah, right. it was one of his one of his wins. Yeah, that that that, that main theme is is it's haunting. iconic. It's, ha- it's, haunting. it's haunting. Yeah, um, the piano. Um, yeah, it's, it's very subtle and very ominous and beautiful and it was and... it was spielberg's first directing oscar um he, yes. he went on he went on to win again for uh saving, saving private ryan yeah yeah saving private ryan which which he's been nominated that... he's been nominated a, a few times yeah i think he got nominated for for close encounters i think he also did i think he got nominated for jaws um i think well, he I got nominated he, he has won three times okay uh, so his third one was for uh, he won. Oh, he's won. He's won a, a memorial award. I was going to say. I, I thought yeah. he only won two directing Oscars. Yeah, he only won two directing. Yeah. Yeah. But he also got a. But he also got um because he was a producer on the film. Yeah. He also got one for that for that as well. Um. Yeah, he's been he's been nominated a lot. I, I think <laughs> to me to me I look at this movie and I, and I pair it with the movie he does about a decade later, which is Munich. Munich's another yeah. movie about Jewish. Uh, it, it, in this, of course, in this film, it's about Jewish uh, characters going into action to to do to to find to find the people responsible for a horrible act, right? Um, which is interesting. Um, it's interesting how connected those films are thematically yeah. in that respect. Also, you know, you know the the reason for what happened in Munich is kind of a result of the aftermath of World War II and all of the political upheaval that would go with the founding of the state of Israel and then the Jewish people with the Palestinians and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, very interesting that Spielberg would take on both of those large things. I think literally that movie came out 10 years 
later. I'm pretty sure. Thank you. I want to say 12 years. Maybe just I'm because wrong. I maybe I'm wrong too. You know, let you me, might you I think you're probably right. Let me take a gander. I, I just thought it would be poetic. You always want to be right <laughs> when you're talking about dates because yeah, you don't date, want to I'm not down. Scott Mance here. No, yeah. Munich was 2005. Okay. Yes. Underrated movie from his I love by the way. Munich is probably my, one of my favorites of his in the last, you know, was it 20 years? You know, it's it's Eric Bana is, is is fantastic in the movie. A little bit of Daniel Craig in there too. So. Oh yeah, young Daniel Craig. Pre, pre, pre you know, Bond. James Bond, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is a film that I think uh Schindler's List is a film that I think is important. It should be watched by you know many many people it should be taught in film school not only for its technical aspect but I think for its thematic depth. Um, you know, just heaps and bounds of them- thematic depth. And, and you got to remember, for Spielberg, this was yeah, this was this was tough for people to take this movie seriously because he was not known uh, as, for a being, as a serious director. Yeah, I mean, he the closest he got, I think, I would say, would be the color purple. He did yeah, some I mean, years before that, but um, you know, also it was important for him to do this movie because he felt like there at the time there was a lot of um, people kind of saying that the Holocaust was, didn't happen. Um, and that a lot of neo-Nazis were starting to, it was a kind of becoming a thing, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. The people were, st- people think that the Holocaust didn't happen. Um, they actually, Oh my goodness. They, yeah. they actually make fun of it in the black Klansman that just came out this year. Right. There's a scene where one of the neo-Nazis says, I think the Holocaust is a whole as a hoax. It didn't happen. And, you oh know, yeah, there's like, there that fervor is even louder today than it was back back in the eighties. I mean, it's still a still it's still a thing today. People don't believe it, and it's like, no, we, we still have people who were there. You know, yeah. where did the body? Where where? How did you know? Where did where did thousands and thousands of people go? Oh yeah, like, yeah. All of a sudden, millions of people from Central Europe yeah. all of a sudden disappeared between nineteen thirty nine and nineteen forty five. Yeah, uh, uh, and it's a very um, you know, it, interesting, interesting. Deba- not even a, it's not a debate. <laughs> it's not, it's even not a debate, debate. dude. <laughs> you happened. know what happened? It's yet again. It's kind of that whole political propaganda. It's that ego, man. About. That ego. Yeah, it's like you don't. It's like why don't you want to believe that it happened? That it happened? That it happened? You know what I mean? It it says more about the people who don't believe it than than anything. Yeah. Um. But I think the, that. Yeah, go on. Anything else? Anything else? You want I was to talk gonna say about? the beginning of the film, which you were you talking about the prayer that they were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, it was a family observing the okay. the Shabbat. The Shabbat. Which, That's what I yes. meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is their their Sabbath. Their, you know, their Sabbath. Okay, well then I guess I was kind of right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, I mean, I grew um just personally. You know, I grew I grew up in a, I mean, I live in and grew up in uh, surrounded by, um people of the Jewish faith and and all that and, and all that stuff and an Orthodox Jewish faith too. You know, people who are who are rather conservative and are very serious about their religious beliefs and whatnot. You know, I have a there's a synagogue down the street from my house. And these people are normal everyday people, nicest people in the world. You know, you know, they have families and they're educated people and nicest people around. And the fact that this was an event that 
happened is still just mind-boggling to me and i think should be mind-boggling to everybody else who yeah you know studies history or watches movies or documentaries about um the event and whatnot and it's just just crazy 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 event um but i'll say this though this film is one of the best i've ever seen i think it's one of the best ever made technically fantastic acting is great i mean if you want to say certain thing negative things about it i mean people um say that you know the film is unfocused or doesn't really depict the uh, Jewish perspective of the Holocaust or really gets into the nitty gritty of what it's like to really live in a concentration camp or a work camp or death camp or whatever. Well, I mean, because the thing a different perspective, it, you know what I mean? It, well, the thing is, is, is like nobody's ever going to be satisfied with with the depiction of something like that. And specifically when when you're making a movie that's a feature film and not a documentary, literally it's kind of hard to capture literally what you're, I mean, but I mean, I mean, damn, were any of these criticizers there or, right. or, or are they just going off of what they think that they know? Right. You know, yeah. It's and like, it's, it's all about, you know, <laughs> and it, it's tough with a film like this to have any type of, um, not, not objectivity or, or subjectivity or something like that. Like, Oh, I didn't like the way that, that that lighting was or, the, yeah. or something like that is like that's not really what the movie's about <laughs> you know what i mean this movie is about theme it's about it's a know, character driven movie there's a lot of char- there's a character there's a character part to it but i for yeah. me i think it's more about the event you know what i mean it's all about the what is literally happening on screen the struggle versus, of humanity it's about humanity it's about yeah, the it's about of human- it, humanity it yeah. really boils down to good surviving against pure evil yeah, you know, yeah. and you're gonna boil it down to its basic basic parts i mean there was some kind and i mean and it's not a film that i think holds back in, in, in certain things when, when someone gets shot in the head there's oh, blood on the it. floor yeah you see it you know what i mean um there were certain controversies uh you know uh, and a lot of the things i read about was um when people wanted to like air it on television they wanted it to be censored or to put like commercials in it or something like that. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on, what? really? It's like, because, you know, there is nudity in this film. There is graphic. Sure. In this film, but I'm like, but, but this movie isn't a normal movie. It's not an action movie. That's just showing, you know, it's, people not, glorify- on top it's of not glorifying it. It's not glorification in any way. It's if anything, it's educational. It makes it more human and more real that there are, that there are, you know, people getting shot in the head because that did happen. You know, yeah. there, when there's a sex scene, you know, there is a a sex scene in this movie, however brief it is. The women, the woman is naked. I mean, people get naked when they when they have sex. I mean, that's a sure. thing that happens in real life. I mean, if you uh, don't want your kid to watch it, then don't let them. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, that's another thing. If you don't want to <laughs> watch it, don't watch it. But you know, don't don't censor it because I don't think that this is a film that should be censored. In yeah. any way, because it's it's involving a subject that I think needs to be as explicitly and realistically told as possible because of how important it is. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up here on this episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Um, talking Schindler's List. Uh, this is our third spotlight. If you want to go back and check out our other spotlights, we did uh, Gilda is our second one, and on our first one we did Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom, 1960s Peeping Tom. Um, 
Where can we find you, Andrew? You can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Capzilla Productions. And you can find me uh, on Facebook, Stephen Billings. You can find the podcast, uh, Cinema Discovery Project on Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Podbean, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast, all them places. Please give us a rating. Please give us some comments. We'd like to hear from you guys. Tell us what you think of Schindler's List. Um, we've got a bunch of other episodes on there. Take a, take a look. Let us know what you think. And that's going to be it for this episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Have a good uh, new year. Uh, this is the end of the year. And uh, hey, keep on watching them movies. I know I will. <laughs>